Welcome to Graduating Grief, a podcast designed to help you step back into living your life with joy after loss. If you're ready to move from surviving to thriving, you've come to the right place. Here's your host and inspirationista, Sherry Dunleavy. I'm talking to Kelly Cook, a lot of people who lived in the Wheeling, West Virginia, Steubenville, Ohio area might recognize her voice as that of Kelly Townsend, who used to work at WTOV9. And we were pregnant together at the same time. Um, I was pregnant with Brandon. She was pregnant with Darren. And we are recording this actually on Darren's, what, how old is she now? 23. 23 years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is something. Seems like yesterday, doesn't it? Yes, it does seem like yesterday. So um, this was a very challenging time for you and I, because um, you were having your first baby and you knew that I was having struggles and problems with, with my baby. And, um, and Brandon was born a month later after Darren and, yeah. and, and he didn't, um, he didn't live long. Um, you know what? I'm just going to go there. How was that for you? How, what was that like when you were, were you afraid for your own baby? Did that scare you? Um, first of all, that just made me tear up thinking about that time, because I think that's where you and I really kind of bonded Mm -hmm. as I already, I already had so much respect for you for what you do in your, in your job. And you were such a mentor to me and it was your second pregnancy, my first pregnancy. And then I don't know if you remember, there was a producer, Pam, who was also pregnant. Right. We're all having this experience, but very different, um, journeys. Um, and I, I just remember just being, I remember where I was. I was home when I got the phone call from um, Tim McCoy who called and told me that Brandon had passed. And I just remember, I think I was holding Darren at the time and she was only a few weeks old and just remember feeling so devastated for you and hurt and, and not knowing what to do or what to say, because that may have been one of the first times a a tragic death like that really kind of came within my circle of friends. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. And I think it was the first time for a lot of my friends that mm-hmm. that was the first time, really, the connection they had with death. Because I think we were at an age where, um, you know, most of us had our parents, most of us, you know, maybe even still had grandparents. So loss of, you know, of any kind would have been an in order loss. But this was such an out of order loss that it was really a, a shock. Um, so now let's fast forward to this last year, because I would think that this was probably your first really personal significant loss. Um, and that is the loss of your father. And, um, and it was complicated for you, wasn't it? Yes. Um, my dad, John, um, passed away in October. Um, he had had some, some health issues over the last, really the last 30, 40 years of his life. Um, he was living in Arizona. Um, he was in a nursing home and he fell and, um, they took him in for the cat scans and everything and discovered there was a brain bleed and that the brain had shifted what to what they call past the midline. And the doctors told us, they said, look, this is this will end his life. Um, he may have two days or two weeks. We don't know. 
um, the blessing that was that I was able to get out there and see him. Um, I was not with him when he passed, but I did have an opportunity to spend a few days with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was the, I mean, I've lost all my grandparents, but it's different when it's a parent. Yes, definitely. It's just, like your grandparents, I think you just expect, you know, they're going to pass away. Right. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, they lived a good life. And you know, they're in their eighties or nineties or whatever they may be. But when it's a parent, it just hits differently. And then compounding that was he and I had a very, um, not, I don't want to say difficult, just, um, I don't even know the best way. Contentious. A little bit contentious, a little bit of, of frustration on my part. He, he suffered from mental illness, um, depression for years. Mm. He was brilliant. He was very, very smart, very intellectual, almost to a fault though. Mm-hmm. He was almost one of those that was felt he was the smartest person in the room, um, had answers for a lot of things, but his whole life was kind of a mess. You know, he was divorced. He wasn't working. He was, um, financially destitute. Um, so, you know, I think for the hardest thing for me was never having the relationship that I wanted. Like, so my, so many of my friends had these great relationships with their dads. Um, I knew he loved me. I knew he cared about me. Um, I knew he was, he was there for me yet. It wasn't that close father daughter relationship. And I think, remember talking with you about this, um, soon after he passed, I I was grieving the relationship that never happened, Yes, which is a different grief. It is a different grief. And I'm so glad that we're talking about this because everyone just assumes that when they lose a loved one, they're, you know, that the relationship was good and it's not always the case. Right. And I think that while he was still alive, there was always still hope probably on your part that it could change at some time. Yeah. There could be some kind of shift. Yes. And now there's no chance of that. Yes. And you, um, you know, those, the woulda, shouldas and couldas, um, about six months before he passed, my husband, Kenny said to me, you need to have some type of relationship with him because there is going to be that day that you're going to get a phone call or something may happen. And he said, you don't want to have regrets. He said, but you know, it can be a relationship on your terms. Um, so, you know, I would call, I would check on him. I kept it very light. Um, But, um, so we were in a good place, but I have not seen him. Uh, gosh, I think it had been four years since I had Mm. seen him. And part of that was because of COVID, but also the distance too. So, um, but grief hits you in weird ways. As you know, he had sent me a card years ago. Um, and, and I put it up in my little dressing room. I have kind of like a little inspiration board Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, there was a card that was from him and every once in a while I'll walk past it and it will catch my eye and read it. And sometimes it fills me with, you know, hope and good things. And then other times I, for no reason, just start crying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, the, the grief process is just a weird one. And I don't know that it ever truly ends. And I guess that's what I'm learning. Yep. Um, I, I think that, I think that grief can be, you can recover from it. Let's just say that you can recover from it. You don't have to pitch a tent and live there. Yeah. But those little, those little 
the little triggers, little, little mm-hmm. reminders that, mm-hmm. oh, this is what really happened. This is now my reality. This they're gone, you know, yeah. and I'm looking at the further removed I am from it. Um, the more I'm able to look at those things and smile mm-hmm. there the, a lot of times now when memories are triggered, it's triggered because of a smile instead of a sadness. And that's comforting. Even yeah. when I'm looking at pictures of my dog, you know, um, my dad, my dad and my dog, cause those two loved each other. <laughs> so, you know, I can look at those now and I can smile and laugh instead of just be heartbroken. And so hopefully that will happen, happen for you too. But, you know, I think that when you, when it triggers that, those tears, when it triggers that emotion, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's true. That you you know that you're you were connected they're, they're still, and it matters. Yeah, so with you, yes, yeah. Um, and then, and I'm sure you've had this experience where, and I think you talked about it in one of your podcasts about finding your loved ones in nature. Um, and cardinals, red mm-hmm. cardinals, have a lot of significance to people. And I was on the phone with my daughter the other day and it was morning and we, I was sitting in the living room and I was looking outside on the balcony and it's Sherry, it's pouring down rain, pouring down rain. And this red cardinal comes up and sits on the balcony and it was my birthday. And, and it was one of those things that I looked at, I'm like, oh, wow, that's a really cool cardinal. It's so bright and red and it matched the covers on the chairs. And I'm like, oh, and then it was gone. And then I went, Oh my God, that was my dad. (laughs) Like it was like, wait a minute. Um, And I was kind of like mad at myself for not being in the moment. Um, But then I was, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That was probably his way of connecting to me saying, okay, I'm here checking on you and I'm out of here, which is totally what he would have done. (laughs) But, um, and I, I posted that and it's amazing how many people have had either like it's a red cardinal or it's a bluebird, or there's some type of connection to Mm -hmm. an animal particularly birds, I think, um, but were the experiences that people were sharing with me. So I don't know. Did you have that any type of experience like that? Um, I have bluebirds, blue Blue jays for some reason. Yeah. Blue jays. Um, it wasn't bluebirds. It was blue jays. And I kept looking up what's the spiritual significance of a blue jay. And it, and it was basically like, stand in your truth, speak your truth. And so it was like, okay, I'm going to move on with this grief stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. But I actually had um, my dad visit me. Um, I was drifting off to sleep ever since Ollie died. And that's, Mm -hmm. and for those listening, that was my dog and he died last January. Then my dad died in May. Then my best friend from high school and college died in October. Um, But um, as a comfort thing, we started watching one episode of cheers every night before we went to bed. Okay. (laughs) So that was just something to make, to laugh or bring a smile, or it was like comfort food, really. You know what I mean? And, um, one night we were watching cheers and I was drifting off to sleep. My husband was already asleep. So we were facing each other in bed And I drifted off to sleep and I felt someone touching my back. I mean, and you're facing up and and I'm facing my husband. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, that was my dad. And it was just a bomb because my dad was a very touchy, feely person. 
And I knew it was him instantly. I, I, I don't have grief dreams. Have you had a grief dream? No. no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. I haven't had a grief dream, but when we have those little, and I do believe they are visits, there are signs there, there's signals to, to let us know that they're okay. And that they're, they're with us on the other side. Um, I just, we just can't see them. That's all. So how have you been able to carry this and how have you been able to explain this to your children? Because they probably really haven't experienced grief either. This is their first foray into it. Yeah. And they weren't, they didn't see him a lot either. So um, it's kind of, and you know, my oldest is out of town working. My, my middle one is in college. My other one's a 17 year old boy whose world revolves around him right yeah. now, you know, so they're, it's like, they understand I'm going through something, but they don't get it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Um, you know, um, they, they're, they're empathetic, but they, they don't understand the depth of the grief, even though, you know, some people say, well, you guys weren't even that you and your dad weren't even that close. I'm like, we weren't, but we were like, he's still your dad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to make it sound like we had a bad relationship. We just weren't particularly close, which I think sometimes that, I don't know if it makes it harder. It just, it's different. It's yeah. different. So how have you been processing this and how are you doing now? Um, I don't know. What, what, are the, what are the steps of grief and deny? You go kind of through the denial phase and then the angry phase. And, you know, I, I have an acceptance and, um, and I guess I have a piece about it. You know, I, I know that he's in a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the issues I have, though, is that my dad was agnostic, um, more even more atheist. Mm-hmm. So I struggle with where is he? I know he's passed over to the other side, but where is that? Did he go to heaven? Mm. Well, and that will really mess with you. <laughs> well, really you know, it will, but I have yeah. in an, another episode and you might want to listen to this one. <laughs> I have a, a conversation with father Nathan Castle and he's got a very interesting story. And what he does is very, very interesting. But from what I understand is that God doesn't keep us out of heaven. We keep ourselves out of heaven from God. Oh, interesting. Oh, So, um, so when my dad was, um, he, this, this, this priest, he, um, has people come to him in his dreams that need to find someone to help them get there. They're ready to go. Wow. So he, um, he helps them find someone to take their hand into heaven. And, um, and so, um, yeah. So, uh, I just told my dad run when you see him run, get in there. (laughs) Don't, don't, you know, don't, don't, uh, stop pass, go and collect $200. Just go run, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so I thought that was very interesting. So that means that we have work to do here. Um, Mm -hmm. but also that we need to, um, pray that those people will choose that they are worthy and ready to be reunited, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That brings me comfort. I don't know. I hope that that might bring you comfort too. I like that. 
And I think it also, as you probably know, you when you go through um, a grief or a loss that it makes you evaluate what's really important in life. You know, the whole don't sweat the small stuff. So many people go through their life angry at this person or that person or upset or get their feelings hurt. And I'm like, you know, we are imperfect people. And the best thing we can do is give grace and be kind because we're all going through this journey of life, trying to figure it all out. And um, I just find, I just try to be much more um, understanding of others and what they're going through and, and not, not give judgment, you know, not, not pass judgment on people. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes yeah. sense. And I think that, um, it does change you. It allows you to, um, really figure out what's important in life and what's not, what you're going to carry with you as a result of this circumstance and what you're going to leave behind. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the first time I went through it, I left behind my career. Um, so that was, uh, that was a huge, huge thing. Um, and, and it took, you know, a year to do that over a year to do that. So it'll be interesting to see, um, what you decide to carry with you and what you decide to leave behind and how you're going to let this experience, um, transform you have you noticed any any changes other than the recognition of being kinder gentler more grace extending Uh, more grace no not really um no but i will tell you one of the issues we're having is he was cremated right and when he was in my when my dad was in college he was at stanford university and a group of his housemates decided one day they were going to go climb mount whitney And they left at like 11 o'clock at night, got there at five o'clock in the morning and they tried to climb Mount Whitney, which is a difficult climb apparently, but you can do it in like a day and a half. Well, they didn't make it. Well, in his fifties, he got back together with a couple of those guys and they did climb it. So my dad decided that he wanted his ashes spread at Mount Whitney. (laughs) And of course my brother's like, Mount Whitney, we're going to climb a mountain. I'm like, well, you know, we could just find a sign Mount Whitney and leave a little bit there. So my brother's like, well, why don't we just take his ashes back home um, to the family farm? And and I said, no, Bill, that was his wish. And I said, I don't know when I will do it, but I will take some of his ashes to Mount Whitney. Um, and, And ironically, we have a friend from California who has climbed it several times. And he's like, oh yeah, Mount Whitney, I'll take you guys up there. We can do that climb in two days. And so I don't know if it will happen this fall, but I'm hoping maybe in the following year that we can go do that trip and that will be his, his resting place, you know? So do you have to climb the mountain? Is it like a ice pick kind of mountain? No, it's not that bad, Okay, Um, but it is, it's not like ice pick it's trails, but it does get very strenuous and steep at the top. You can do it, but, and I'm not necessarily worrying about getting to the top of it. You just want to get him there. I just want to get him somewhere there. Yeah. Like that was really important to him. And then there's a lot of pressure. You're like, oh gosh, I have to fulfill that one wish. And I feel like I will be letting him down if we don't do it. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can f- maybe find a creative way to do it. You never know. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Between now and then you might find someone who's going to be climbing it and they can have a little <laughs> companion with them. 
Exactly. That's but it might mean more yeah. more meaning for you to do that. So that's yeah, very interesting. Yeah. But you know what? I will tell you that if you can't, it's okay. It's thank you. I needed to hear that because yeah, that's like that's like what worries me. Like, oh gosh, I didn't fulfill that wish for him. So I want to make sure that we do it or try. He to. already had his wish because he went back and he climbed it. So uh -huh. that's that that was that was fulfilled. So that was a a, a happy memory and a happy accomplishment for him. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that you would have to feel bad if that wasn't his final resting place. Oh, I like that. Give myself some grace if it doesn't happen. Yes, right. <laughs> that's the that's the most important thing. That is, um, and and I and I will tell you this: extend that grace to yourself as you move through, because sometimes things will get complicated. Sometimes things will come up at an anniversary, or come up on a Father's Day, or come up on a birthday, or come up on something that comes unexpected, and you think that you should be further through than you are, and you're not, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's all okay. Yeah, it's all okay. Be graceful, be extend that grace to yourself. So grief can be a great teacher mm -hmm. if you allow it. Um, you seem to be to me the type of person that's not going to let this um, define who you are, but rather uh, refine you a bit. I like that. Um, yeah. Uh, so what what lessons are you hoping or what do you hope to carry through with you from this experience and of your father as you continue to move through life and move through this chapter? I think you find you're much more compassionate towards others and you're in this special club of people who've lost a parent. You know, it's one thing when you had a friend lose their parent and it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then when you go through it, you have a stronger empathy towards others that are experiencing that grief. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, because you're going, you've had that experience, so you can relate to that. Um, so I would say a much more empathetic um, and more genuine in my concerns or sharings of sympathy towards others. Yeah, for sure and your father what what yeah what of him do you hope to carry through oh with gosh you? he taught me so many the one thing about my dad because he was an intellectual he's very well read he he was he believed um that there was a higher power or that something was guiding us but he wasn't religious does that make sense yeah absolutely um and he was a big um he would always say follow your bliss and I learned that from a, uh, a gentleman from the name of Joseph Campbell, yes. who wrote The Power of Myth. Mm -hmm. And there was a big story, big series that Bill Moyers did on PBS about Joseph Campbell. And that kind of was a turning point I saw in my dad. But my dad would always say, follow your bliss, find what makes you happy and, and pursue that. So I've always just kind of tried to keep that in the back of my mind. I've saved all of his writings. He, would, he was really good at writing letters. Um, he would reach out to people, um, the stories that I heard from other people that I did not know about, like, hey, you know, your dad helped me um, get into college. Um, your dad helped me. He found somebody to help pay for my college. Um, he was involved in the, um, oh, what is it? The um, Underground Railroad Museum. 
right there in Ohio. Wow. Um, John Maddox, who yes. was the, do you, do you remember that name, John? Uh, Maddox? Yes, I know John. He, he and my dad were very good friends. Um, and he did a lot for the Underground Railroad Society. So he, he was into history and helping others, but he did it very quietly. So maybe that will be my lesson is to find a way to pay that forward to others, but do it quietly like he did. Because that was really neat that, you know, people would call and write um, me messages that, oh, your dad helped me get my first job. Uh, you know, those things, though, mm -hmm. if you can pay it forward that way, I think that would be his his legacy. Yeah. So let me, let me take you back. Uh, let me backtrack a little bit from that because what those people were doing, were giving you a true gift. And that was a glimpse into another side of your father that you didn't know. And that's what mm -hmm. I try to tell people is when you are trying, when you are out to support a griever and you have a positive story of how they influenced your life or changed your life or added to your life in any way or a funny story or something that you're you're get that's a gift greater than gold that you can give to those people to their to their um, relatives and it sounds like that's exactly what it was for you yeah you're right and and I'll be cognizant cognizant of that moving forward through experiences that I have with others who lose lose somebody to share that story, to take the time to write a letter, an email, a text, whatever it may be. Yeah. Just so that they have that memory. You're right. Because, you know, we know them as our, our father or our spouse or our child, but um, we don't know how they're perceived necessarily by other people. So those stories, those, those, those nuggets are, give you a different perspective on, on who they were in sight. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Sherry, that's good. <laughs> oh, so what, let's just end with this, this question, Kelly, what, what most surprised you about grief? Oh, that just comes out of nowhere. Like you don't know when it's going to hit you. You don't know when, you know, it's not something that you just spend a few weeks and then it's over. It's things, it's the little things, it's the little triggers that come along. Um, I think that's been the biggest surprise is those little, those little moments that, that surprise you or, or creep up on you. I guess that would be the biggest one. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, well, thank you very much for sharing your heart and your yeah. story. And um, I know that you're, you're moving through this process, you know, you can't go over, you can't go under the only way is through. But mm -hmm. you're you're going through, and mm -hmm. it sounds like you're a warrior willing to go through. And um, I know you'll make it to the other side. And I know what's on the other side is going to be a beautiful life. So thank you for sharing um, your journey with us today. And I want to thank you because you and I had many conversations as I was going out to see him and this and that. And you really helped me um, put some things into perspective. And um, I think what you're doing is so critical and so helpful to others. So thank you for what you do, because I truly believe it is your, 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 it's, you're following your bliss in your own way. Yeah, you're doing important work for others. So thank you. And thank you most importantly for your friendship. You know, I think you and I have a friendship that has spanned, oh gosh, 23, 24 years. Yeah. So anyway, thank you. It's very, very special. Thanks for this opportunity. Talk. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Graduating Grief Podcast. 
For more information on the graduating grief community, workshops, and retreats, go to www.sherrydunlevy.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, and share.